It is a very special privilege to uh, be here this morning and just first of all to uh, share with you real briefly with you a little bit about uh, Meadowood Manor because Meadowood Manor is part of your uh, church's uh, ministry to our community of uh, Winnipeg as you reach out to uh, uh, senior citizens. And of course at Meadowood Manor we're concerned about their, their physical, their mental, their social, and their spiritual condition. I love working at, at uh, Meadowood Manor. I love being able to uh, share with the seniors. I love being able to uh, uh, build into their lives and let them know that even in their old age, that there's a God that loves them and there's a God that has a plan for them and there's a God that hasn't, uh, hasn't forsaken them yet and he's right there uh, with them. This morning, I also have the very special privilege of uh, also joining me this morning, our uh, CEO, Lori Sequetti, and I'm going to ask if she would stand so that you can all see her, that she's the better part of our group, better looking part of our group, but I'm glad that, uh, that she is here with us this morning to share. After the service, you can meet her at the table and uh, uh, ask any questions that you uh, uh, might have, have, have of her. This morning, what I would like to do real briefly is I want to share with you the... Uh, the year in review of, uh, of Meadowood. And uh, as we think of Med Meadowood Manor, Meadowood Manor is moving forward. We have lots of different things that uh, are going on and I want to share with you a report that you can find on the website of, uh, uh, of Meadowood Manor. There's also some copies available in, at the table in the back that you can pick up. I'm just going to give you a real brief summary of, uh, of that uh, of that report this, uh, this morning. And the very first thing I want to remind you about is the history of Meadowood. Meadowood began uh, as a dream back in the 1970s with several uh, members of our North American Baptist churches that had a concern to be able to minister to seniors, be able to have a place where seniors could go, where they would be taken care of, but also that their spiritual condition would also be looked after. In 1978, that became a reality. And at the present time at Meadowood Manor, uh, we have a care home that, uh, uh, that holds 88 uh, residents in, on two floors, and we have a tower complex for independent living uh, that has uh, 89 units in it. We have about 120 staff that, uh, that work at Meadowood Manor, uh, uh, Manor full time. Our mission statement very simply is this. Our mission is to provide a Christian care facility and programs developed primarily for elderly residents. Guided by the compassion of Christ, we pursue our mission by developing and, and managing human resources, facilities, and programs to satis satisfy our residents' physical, social, emotional, and spiritual needs. Our goal is to provide a Christian setting that preserves the personal dignity of our residents in a peaceful, safe, respectful and supportive environment. Now over the past year, uh, Lori Sequetti in, her, in, in, in our year-end report shares that there are several things that uh, uh, we accomplished this last year. Let me just share a few of them because you can't read them all on the report there. One, we were able to put in brand new windows in the entire towers. And so all of the apartments in the towers have brand new windows in them. Number two, we are able to do some uh, renovations of the lobby in the towers. And you'll be able to see a picture of that a little bit later on. We also made enhancements to our, our dining room that, also, that seats for the towers as well as for the residents. 
Uh, we've increased our, uh, our staffing levels. We've also uh, hired a very um, capable and amazing social worker and educator. We've developed a brand new uh, strategic plan for Meadowin. We've put in new uh, tub rooms. We've renovated the tub rooms for the residents. Uh, we've upgraded our computer system. Uh, we have a clinical, uh, res uh, clinical resource nurse position now established. Uh, we've been recruiting junior volunteers. If you were to come there on, during the week, and especially on Saturdays, you would see an amazing number of teenagers that come and volunteer, and, and the residents love the teenagers. They just love being able to work with them and, and their enthusiasm and, and, uh, and just their excitement. In fact, some seniors just come because the teens are there. They want to they be able to spend time with the teens. Uh, we've also, uh, uh, during this past year, renegotiated re re some of our major contracts with some of our suppliers to be able to get it at a more decent price. And we've also strengthened the relationship that we have with the WRHA and other parties of uh, Meadowood Manor. Our board, the Baptist Home Society, our chair is uh, Cheryl Leeson, Leeson. And uh, we just want to quickly share with you uh, some of the strategic plan that the, that the board has come up and they've addressed these issues to provide the high quality, uh, continue to provide high quality care and services, to recruit and retain excellent staff, to provide a, a continuum of care for our residents in the, care, in the towers as they get older, to be able to have that continuum of care for them, to upgrade and update our facility, continue to do that, to develop a broader outreach to our churches and community, to let them know what is going on and so that they can volunteer, and then lastly, to maintain a spiritual influence in all of our programs and, uh, and activities that, uh, that take place. Our independent living tower is overseen by uh, Marlene Peel, and uh, she does an amazing job with that. Uh, we uh, were, able, were able to, uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the towers, we, it's for people that are 65 and older, and we have 44 one-bedroom uh, suites or apartments, and we have 45 uh, bachelor suites, and they're almost always uh, full. Our social worker, Nicole, uh, as I said, she's an amazing person. She's the very first person that most of the residents meet when they, uh, when they apply to uh, uh, come to Meadowood Manor. And in her report, she said this, Meadowood is a very special place. It is more than a home for the residents. It's a family for everyone who lives and works there. And I'm proud to be a member of the leadership team. And then the part that I have the privilege of being able to be involved in is the chaplaincy program. And uh, you as churches of the North American Baptist churches, when you began this, you saw that as a priority, that you wanted to have a full-time chaplain. And I commend you for that because the residents uh, enjoy being able to have that spiritual care and that uh, in, in encouragement. And so thank you very, very much for all that you do. We, on a regular basis, we have our Sunday morning service every Sunday. Uh, we have Bible studies and all types of different activities that are going on there that uh, seniors can, uh, can be involved in. And then we also have our Meadowood Manor Foundation, which is the financial arm of our of Meadowood. And in this past year, Meadowood uh, Manor Foundation helped support in the following ways. 
They fund all of the chaplaincy ministry. And so all of the donations that you as individuals and you as churches uh, give to Meadowood goes to Meadowood Manor Foundation. And they help support the chaplaincy ministry there. Uh, they helped with the tower renovations uh, this past year. They also purchased two uh, blanket warmers for the care side. And in case you think that's a little project, that was about 11, over $11,000 that those uh, uh, two blanket warmers cost. Uh, they also purchased uh, 50 new uh, dining room chairs for our dining room, and that was about $12,000. And so I'd encourage you to uh, just read the year in review report that's uh, on, the, on the back table. And, or you can go to the Meadowood Manor website, meadowood.ca, and the report is, is right there, or you can pick up a copy of the report uh, in the back. And again, thank you very, very much for, uh, for the privilege that I have uh, being able to represent you as churches at Meadowood and, and, uh, and to share the fact that God cares about them and that God loves them. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for Meadowood Manor. I thank you for all that you're doing there. I thank you for each one of the residents and the tenants. I thank you for all of our staff. And Father, I just pray in a special way that each one of them would know that there's a God that loves them a God that cares for them, and a God that wants to work in their hearts and their lives. Thank you also for White Ridge Baptist Church. Thank you for the congregation. Father, I thank you for all that you've been doing here, and I just pray that they continue to see you use them in a very special way. I thank you for the special projects that they have planned uh, for the Love Winnipeg Project. I just pray that you bless them and use them. I thank you for each one of their pastors. And I just pray that you'd encourage each one of them in a very special way today. Now, Father, as we look into your word, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Help us to know that you are a God that cares deeply about each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Story is told of a Sunday school teacher that uh, decided that there, she was going to begin her class by asking her, the students, their class members, what was one of their favorite verses that they would like to quote when they were going through times of struggle, or they were going through times of discouragement, or they were going through times of doubt. And one of the fellows raised his hand right away, and he says, my favorite verse is Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. One of the ladies raised her hand and she says, Well, my favorite verse is Psalm 46, verse 1. The Lord is our refuge and help, a very present help in time of, tr of struggle. Another person raised his hand and he, and he says, My favorite verse is taken from John. John chapter 16, where it says, In, in this world you shall have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And then several others shared, and then there, was, then there was a silence. And then an 80-year-old man with white hair stood up and very quietly said, My favorite verse is, and it came to pass. Eighty-five times in the Bible, he says, it says, it came to pass. And the class began to snicker at first, thought that maybe he was losing it and he didn't know what he was talking about. And then he stood up again and he says, when I, when I was 30, I lost my job. And I had a wife and six mouths to feed and I didn't know how I was going to handle it. I didn't know what I, how, I was going to, how I was going to deal with it. 
Then he, then he said at, uh, at age 40, my son went away to war and he was killed. And my whole life fell apart. And I didn't know how I was going to get through it. I, I wondered where God was. Then he said at 50, our house burnt right to the ground. Nothing was left. And I was discouraged. Then he said at, at 60, my wife of 40 years got cancer. And many nights, we would kneel at our bed and we'd just cry. He said, five years later, she died. And I didn't know how I was going to make it. I didn't know if I could handle it. But he says, every time I opened up the Bible, I came across one of those verses that said, and it came to pass. And it came to pass. Can I ask you this morning, do you ever get discouraged? Do you ever struggle? Do you ever doubt? Do you ever wonder where God is when you go through some of the struggles of life? This morning, I want to share with you what I believe is a very positive, encouraging passage of Scripture that reminds us that God is always there, no matter what we're facing and no matter what we're encountering. I want to read to you from Psalm 121. Let me just read to you just the first two verses right now. Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now in most of your Bibles you'll notice that above Psalm 121, it is called a song of ascent. In fact, Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, 15 psalms all have that phrase at the top of them, songs of ascent. And many people believe that these were songs that the nation of Israel would sing as they journeyed to Jerusalem. At least three times a year, uh, the people, of, the people of, of God would make a trip, pilgrimage to Jerusalem to worship, to go to the temple, to be able to, to, be able to see God's presence, to be able to experience God working. And, and, but they always had to travel, some from a great distance. And as they traveled, they would encourage all kinds of obstacles. They might encourage, encounter different types of weather. They would encourage, they would encounter thieves and robbers and all kinds of things along the trip as they went. And so as they traveled, they would sing these songs. And this song reminds us, this is a pilgrim song that reminds us of, uh, of God's faithfulness even in the struggles and the trials of life. Any of you have been through some storms lately? Maybe you're going through some storms right now. Maybe you're dealing with something that you don't understand right now. Maybe you're wondering where God is right now. Oh, you believe in Him, you've trusted Him, but you don't, you don't understand why He's allowing what's going on right now. Psalm 121 will remind us that God is there. You're going to go through storms in your family, in your health, 
and you're going to doubt. You're going to be discouraged. The Bible reminds us that all of us are pilgrims. We're on our way to heaven. The Bible tells us about Abraham, how Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. As Abraham traveled and as he obeyed God, he always kept his eyes looking for that city that God had promised him. He knew that God was faithful. Can I ask you this this morning? Where are your eyes? Are your eyes on your struggles? Or are your eyes on God? Remember the spies that were sent in to spy out the promised land? Remember when they went in? What did they see? They saw the giants. They saw all the obstacles. They said, we can't do it. You know what the problem was? They didn't have their eyes up enough. They didn't see that God was there. They didn't see that God was at work. If you took that outline out of your uh, bulletin, you'll notice that there's a little box and it says this. When the outlook is bleak, remember the uplook. The psalmist looks at what he sees but recognizes that his real help comes from the one who is unseen. When storms and struggles of life come, where do you look? Where are your eyes? On the storm or on the one who is in control? Corey Tin Boom said this, Look around and be distressed. Look inside and be depressed. Look at Jesus and be at rest. I want us to look at Psalm 121, and I want us to see four things this morning. First of all, I want you to notice with me that as we journey through life, as we face all the different struggles of life, that we, have a, that we have the Father's creation before us. We read in verses 1 and 2 that he made the heavens and the earth. The psalmist says, I'll look up my eyes into the hills. He wasn't going to worship the hills. Some did. Some do. But he was looking beyond the hills. Because when, when you would travel to Jerusalem, in order to travel to Jerusalem, there were always hills ahead of you. Jerusalem was surrounded by hills. And so as you travel to Jerusalem to worship God, to be at God's temple, to be in God's presence, you would encounter the hills. But you knew beyond the hills, there was God. And here the psalmist reminds us that we have God's creation the hills remind us of the greatness and the majesty of God. Darlene and I used to live in Alberta. And when we looked out of our living room window, we could see the Rocky Mountains and reminded me of the majesty and the greatness and the power of God. In Psalm 19 of the Bible, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. That word declare means they shout. There is a God. You're facing a struggle? There's a God. You don't know where to turn? There's a God. You don't know how to handle what you're dealing with? There's a God. He's there. Hebrews 11 reminds us of the fact that by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That God created the world. Creation 
is around us to remind us that God is there. Where do we look for? We look to the Lord, it says in verse 2. And that word Lord there means the all-sufficient one, the creator, the one that holds all things together, the one that knows all things, the one that is all-powerful. He is the one that we look to. He is the only one that can meet us when the storms and struggles of life come. He says he's our help. That word help there means utter, when we utterly have no hope, when we utterly have no resources, when we have no place to turn, he is our help. Reminds me of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 where it says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may find mercy to find, have grace to help in time of need. Where, where do you go? Do you go to the throne of grace when you have no place else to turn? Psalm 46 that we read earlier. Our God... Our God it is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. But secondly, this morning, not only do we have creation, but we have the Father's eyes upon us. Listen to verses 3 and 4. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. He won't let you fall. He won't let you slip. He's watching out for you. He's always watching. His eyes are on you. He cares about you. Remember Psalm 23 verse 4? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And that's not just talking about physical death. It's talking about all the dark times in our life. The times in which we don't know where to turn. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Sheep couldn't see very well in those valleys. And the only way they knew they were safe, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. When you go through that dark valley and you don't know where to turn and you can't see tomorrow, can I remind you that his eye is on you? He never loses sight of you. He knows exactly where you are all the time. He watches over you. He keeps you. That word keep means he guards you. He will never allow anything to happen to you that, that, that he can't handle. That doesn't mean you won't go through hard times. That won't mean that you won't suffer loss. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that you, that, you, that you won't struggle. Sometimes God uses those struggles to develop us, doesn't he? To perfect us. That's what he did with Job. And Job was able to say, though he try me, Yet I shall come forth as gold, because God is faithful. Thirdly, I want you to notice that not only do we have the Father's creation, not only do we have the Father's eyes, but we have, we have the Father's presence. Verses 5 and 6, The Lord is our keeper, the Lord is our shade at our right hand. The sun shall not smite you by day, nor, nor, nor the moon by night. Here we're reminded, reminded of the fact that we have his presence with us all the time. He's not just sitting on a throne up there. He's, 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 he's with us. He shields us. He cares about us. He keeps us. He gives us shade. 
that in Israel the sun would be hot and they'd look for shade. When life gets hot, when you can't handle it, God becomes our shade. He shades us. He protects us. We have his presence. Remember how he told the nation, the city of Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have loved to have gathered you as a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you wouldn't allow me to. Do you allow God to be that shade when you go through those hard times? When you go through those difficult times, do you allow him to be there? And then lastly this morning, I want you to notice that the Father's care is all around us. Verses 7 and 8. The Lord shall preserve you, you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve you. You're going out and you're coming in from this time forth even forever. He knows your past. He knows your present. And he knows your future. He knows everything. He can be trusted. He knows our going out and our coming in. He's going to protect us. And God can use all of those things for his glory. Remember Joseph in the Old Testament? Remember favored son of his dad? Remember how his brothers hated him? And they sold him into slavery, ended up in slavery, ended up in, in Egypt. He tried to do everything that God wanted him to do, and he ended up in prison. And then God exalted him to a place of prominence in Egypt. And his brothers came back. And remember what he said to his brothers? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Joseph would never have been the man he was if God hadn't allowed him to go through the struggles that he went through. But Joseph could look back and say, God, you're faithful. You probably all could quote for me Romans 8, 28. But do you believe it? And we know that all things, the difficult things, the good things, the hard things, the struggles, and we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to to his purpose. He knows my past, my present, and my future. He knows my daily activities. He says day and night. You're going in and you're going out. Really, it's, it's, the, it's the complete thing. The going in and going out and everything in the middle. The day and the night and everything in the middle. He's always, always with us. The bottom of your outline, there are three thoughts. Fret not, because God loves you. First John chapter 4. He loves you. Faint not. Because God holds you. Psalm 139 says he holds us in his hands. Fear not. Because God keeps you. No matter what you're encountering. As we close, I want to ask you, just share with you six things real, real quickly. And I don't know where you find yourself today. I don't know what you might be dealing with today. Maybe right now you're on top of the world. 
Or maybe today you're dealing with some situations that you don't know how to handle. Can I remind you of these six things? Number one, no matter where you are, you are kept by God. Did you hear that? No matter where you are, you are kept by God. Psalm 139 reminds us that. If I go out into the other darkness, if I go out to the sea, if I go up to heaven, if I go down below, you're there. Secondly, no matter what you face, you are kept by God. No matter what you face, you're kept by God. Isaiah 41.10, God says to the nation of Israel as they were facing the enemy, he says, fear not, for I am with you. Neither be thou dismayed, for I am your God. Thirdly, no matter what time you're at, God is with you. Our times are in his hands. Whether it's a daytime for you or a nighttime for you, you're kept by God. Number four, no matter what your condition is right now, you are kept by God. Remember Joseph? Remember Daniel? Kept by God. Maybe you're here this morning and you're doubting. God wants to keep you. Number five, no matter what the enemy is that you're facing, you're kept by God. No matter what enemy is, you're kept by God. First Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. And the next verse tells us why we need to do that. For your adversary, the devil, your enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. When we don't cast our care upon him, when we don't realize that he is supreme and all-powerful, Satan comes to us and says, how can you say God loves you? How can you say God cares about you? But he does. And then lastly, no matter how long the storm or the struggle or the trial, no matter, no matter how long it is, God keeps you. God will keep you. Remember Abraham receiving the promise about having a child? Had to wait. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you this morning for Psalm 121. Thank you for reminding us that we have a God that is all-powerful. Thank you that we have a God that has given us creation to remind us of his power. That he's given us, his eyes are on us. He's watching us. He never loses sight of us. Thank you for his presence. Thank you for your care. And Father, right now, you have said, say to us, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I, that's God, I will give you rest. Father, may we do that right now. Whatever burden we're carrying, give it to you because you're sufficient. In Jesus' name.